it's just crazy how God has brought all of this together because Matt asked me, I don't know, maybe four months ago if I wanted to preach on whatever today's date is. And I'm like, yes, of course. And so I had already decided I've been wanting to preach on Psalm 42 since I had first become a Christian because it's been such a vital um, and important psalm in my life. And I was like, okay, I'm going to preach on Psalm 42. I've been putting it off for a while. And I went back and forth, and, so, and um, especially the last couple of weeks, as obviously Tommy's been talking about suffering, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to do another sermon on suffering. You know, it's, it was kind of weird. I feel like he's done an absolutely amazing job, you know, talking about that. And then um, I was worried going into this, like, Lord, is this even what you want me to preach on? And then I had no idea four months back when I decided to preach on this that she would be sharing her story. And talking about that, and it's exactly what we're going to be talking about today, is how our feelings cannot always be trusted. And how the world today tells us, hey, follow your heart. Go with that gut feeling inside of you. Follow your truth. And our feelings do mean something. I mean, God gave us a heart, he gave us a soul, he gave us emotions for something, right? But... We're still fallen creatures. Sin has infected us in such a way that it has even corrupted our feelings. It's important that we bring our feelings under the scope of Scripture and in the light of who God is and ask ourselves, hey, is this valid or is this just my fallen nature? It's important that we fight against our feelings sometimes and we have to preach to them like the writer of this psalm does in Psalm 42 cannot fully trust our feelings, but oftentimes we must go against them. Our fallen nature so many times tries to push its way back on the throne of our hearts. We must remind ourselves that we are new creations. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And this psalm is a perfect example that our feelings cannot always be trusted. And it's a perfect example of how Sometimes we have to suffer through our feelings. We have to suffer through our feelings and proclaim the truths that God has given us. Because in reality, your truth and my truth does not matter. But the very real truth, the word of God, is what truly matters. We live in a world where people say that our feelings are above facts, our feelings are above reality. Don't worry about reality. Don't worry about what the truth is. Just follow your truth and follow what you're feeling. And I strongly disagree with that. And if you're a Christian and you've read your Bible at all, you probably strongly disagree with that as well because the Bible does not teach that. So the psalm we're going to be reading is Psalm 42. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me as we read it. It says, As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? 
and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you. From the land of Jordan, and of Hermon, and from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls, and all of your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Let us pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you today, Lord, acknowledging that you are on the throne. No matter what we have carried in here today, Lord, may we lay it at your feet. No matter what we are feeling right now, Lord, may we know that you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be worshipped. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are sovereign over all creation, Father. You are the creator and the sustainer of all things. And may we rest in that, Lord. I pray for anyone in here who is carrying a heavy, heavy, downcast soul this morning, Lord. I pray that your word and your word alone, Lord, not my words, not anything that I think or feel, but may your word guide us today, Lord, and may your word comfort us. May your Holy Spirit comfort us. May we see the truths that your word has, Lord, and may we dwell on them. May we leave here encouraged, Father. It's in your holy, precious name I pray. Amen. So there's a couple of points that I want us to focus on that I believe will help us when we feel these feelings of just deep despair and depression. And the first point is that believers still go through this. We don't, you know, take a depression shot or an anxiety shot or anything when we become Christians. We still go through these things. And then the second point is that we must preach to ourselves the promises of God. You know, this psalmist comes from a place of real turmoil and heartache. We get an inside picture of what his heart is like in this psalm. He's been separated from the meeting place of God in the temple of Jerusalem. And we're not sure why exactly, but he is indeed longing to be back there. He's facing exile, he's facing oppression, he's facing depression, and his soul, his very being inside of him, is disquieted and in turmoil. He refers to it as breakers and waves crashing over him. He says deep calls to deep. And that is a, just a perfect picture of extreme anguish and sorrow. He is in deep, deep despair. And perhaps we can relate to this. We feel as though just like the psalmist here says, our tears have been our food day and night. I can think back to a time in my life when I went through a season of severe depression and anxiety, and, and I would weep and weep, and I just didn't even have an appetite. I couldn't even eat. I was in so much pain. I remember going to work one day, and I told 
Uh, I told Bill and the other guys I was working with, I'm like, guys, I got to go lay down in the truck. I was just so overwhelmed with emotions that I could not even function. I felt as though I was the only one going through this and that nobody would understand what I was going through. I also felt like God was not there. If we're honest, we feel like that sometimes too. We feel like, God, it does not feel like you're here. I know your promises, but I don't feel your presence with me. And I did not think I would make it through that. And I want you to know that you are not a rare Christian if you're going through this. Don't think that you're by yourself. And I don't say that to diminish what you're going through at all. I say that to to comfort you and know that you're not the only one. We have brothers and sisters in Christ that go through this as well. Oftentimes we feel like there's this one thing after another that keeps happening. Wave after wave crashes over us. You know, just like he says, deep calls to deep. At the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. And what has helped me kind of think about that is when I was younger, we used to go to the beach with my, um, my brothers. And my brother Timothy and I, we would take just a big tube and we'd tie like a hundred foot rope to it. And I would walk it out off to the shore where the big waves are, you know, and I'd hop on the tube and, you know, try to ride the waves back to the, back to the shore. And I remember one time specifically, it was a terrifying moment. I was looking at the shore, and then I could see my brother's face. He was far away, but I could see his face just... Next thing I know, I am underwater. I'm flipped off the tube. I'm just being pummeled and rolled around and knocked on the ground under the water with these giant waves that are crashing over me. I didn't know what to do. I literally thought I was going to die. It was a terrifying moment. And I think that's the image that the psalmist wants us to get here. Waves and waves are crashing over us. Sometimes we feel like we're just being beat down by these huge waves, and we don't know how we are going to make it out of them. You know, we oftentimes, we're longing for God to take us out of them, obviously, right? We're longing for God to give us peace. We're longing for God to give us comfort. We're longing for God to give us strength. And if we're honest, we find ourselves longing for the benefits of God rather than longing for God himself. And I want to ask you, what do you want most in those times? Do you want God's benefits or do you want God himself? Like the psalmist does. And let's be honest here. Think about a time. We've all done this. I know I've done this. You get a Christmas card from your grandparents or someone and they write you a heartfelt letter in that Christmas card. And they also give you 50 bucks or a Walmart gift card. Let's be real. Let's be honest. Maybe you're perfect and you didn't think this. Were you more excited about that 50 bucks? Did you even take the time to read what they wrote you in that card? I'll be honest with you. I, yeah, I've definitely done that. I've put the card down and not looked at it again when my parents took, or my grandparents took the time to write down in there how they felt about me. They poured out their heart to me. And then they just gave me that blessing because they loved me. Are you just looking for the benefits of God or are you looking for the heart of God and God himself? You know, I binge-watched the Pirates of the Caribbean movies a few weeks ago. And a solid theme throughout all the five movies is that Jack Sparrow has this compass with him. 
and you open it up, and it points to what he wants the most. It doesn't point true north. It's not a real compass. It just points to what he wants the most. So if you had that compass, what would that be pointing towards? Would that be pointing towards door number one, God's blessings, or would that be pointing towards the very source of those blessings, God himself? What do you want the most in those times? I went rabbit hunting one time, this time last year, and my cousin has two beagles, and you let them go, and then, you know, they start immediately sniffing for rabbits. And when they jump one, and the rabbit starts running, they don't care what they have to run through to get that rabbit. Like, there's thickets with thorns, and I'm not going in there. There's thickets with thorns that'll, you know, scrape you or whatever. They're going through there, just nose down to the ground, chasing that rabbit smell. I saw one actually get hung up on a fence on his collar because he was just so motivated to get what he wanted the most, and that was that rabbit. What do you want the most? The psalmist here is panting for the divine presence of the Lord as if he is a deer panting for water. It's not a want. It's a necessity for him. If you've ever worked outside, you know the necessity of water. I drink more water than a fish. I work outside and I'm just slamming water all day long. Because I know that if I don't, I'm not going to make it very far. Think about a guy who is stuck in the desert. Although he's probably very hungry, if he had a choice between food or water, what do you think he would choose? Probably water, because in reality, we can, we can go days without food. We can go many, many days without food, but without water, we can only go about three days. If you've legitimately not drink water, not drink a drop for three days, we could, we, you won't go much farther than that. And I want you to remember this also, that when we're facing these waves after waves crashing over us, that those waves are the Lord's. The Lord is in control of those waves. In verse 7, the psalmist writes, Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All of your breakers and your waves are crashing over me. God is directing those waves. And perhaps we don't feel like that is, that is right. We don't feel like God would allow things like that to happen. I know it took me a while to wrestle with that. That these trials and tribulations that I'm going through in these seasons of depression and anxiety, they're not, they're not an accident. It took me a while to, to come to terms with that. But they are accomplishing the will of God. We do not see that clearly because our minds cannot comprehend what God is doing sometimes. But God is in control of everything. And there is not one single thing that God is not watching or controlling. Do you feel like that is true? If you're completely honest with yourself, do you feel like God is in control all the time? This past week when we saw videos of houses literally floating down the street, and we saw trees just being twisted out of the ground, we saw roofs being blown off, did it seem like God was controlling that? Did it seem like a loving and merciful God was in control of that? It seemed like it was just pure chaos. It seemed like just craziness was happening. And, and if we're honest, 
Do we feel like God would let something that crazy happen? Do you honestly feel like that is, that is a, a good thing? You know, we sometimes feel like God is a, like a project manager with great problem-solving skills. He's an after-the-fact guy. He's a, hey, this is going to happen, and then I'm going to solve the problem. You know, it's like project managers, their main purpose, I would say, is to put out fires, figuratively speaking, and, and problem-solving things that happen on the job site that are unexpected. You know, sometimes things happen, and the project manager has to be quick on his feet. He has to be quick to find solutions and, and make sure the job gets done. And people think that God is like that sometimes. That God wasn't in control of that, but now he's going to solve the problem. When in reality, he is directing those very things. And God is not shocked by anything that happens. He is fully aware and fully in control 100% of the time. And I know, I mean, I know we don't want to believe that God is allowing this depression and this deep sorrow inside of me. But I urge, for you, to, I urge you to look at it this way. A God who promises to work all for the good of those who love him. A God who is loving and merciful. A God who has redeemed you. Would you not want him directing those things? Would you not want him to be in control of those things? The things we face sometimes are very, very serious. Like what this psalmist is facing. It seems like seems like a never-ending beatdown. Our innermost being, our very soul is downcast. It's not just, you know, a sore arm or a sore leg or a sore whatever. It's our very being is downcast. And it is these trials that only a sovereign God can get us out of. We could only survive these things if we had a sovereign God that was in control of them. And this leads us into our next point. We are to preach to our feelings. We see this refrain twice in this chapter, and then again in, in chapter 43 we see it again. It seems as if the psalmist is talking to himself, and that's a good practice to have. I know some of you already talk to yourself, that's okay. But it is a good practice to have to put ourselves in check. When we start feeling these feelings, we need to take those feelings, set them down and say, what is going on? What is the reason behind this? The psalmist says, Why are you downcast, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. He acknowledges his feelings, but he also acknowledges that God is the only one that can help him. The psalmist knows that he will again praise him. He remembers back to a time where he was leading the procession into the temple with glad shouts and songs of praise. And now it seems like his songs of praise and, and, and worship have turned to songs of lamenting and sorrow. But he knows that it is only temporary. Can we look back on the yesterdays of our life and think about the many blessings that God has given us? Think about the many pits that God has pulled us from. Can you think back to a time in your life when, when you were on fire for God and there was nothing that could stand in your way of worshiping Him? And then the first wave came 
and then the next wave came, and then the next wave came. And he's grown so weary from these beatings and these waves. The psalmist says in verse 8, By the day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. The psalmist acknowledges these assurances that God is still with him. And God gives him a song in the night. And there's this, there's just something about pushing through these feelings that we have of being downcast and, and pushing through those and singing to the Lord, literally singing to the Lord. Like that song we just sang, It Is Well With My Soul. That song has helped me so much in my life because it's true. Though pe- when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Music and worship is more than just pretty sounds and good voices. God gives us worship for times like this where where we can just deny our feelings and worship Him. May we never take for granted what we do here on Sunday mornings. This is more than just a group of people getting together. This is the people of the Lord coming to worship Him. Us gathering here together to worship our Savior in song and the reading and preaching of His Word, it's an opportunity for us to tell our feelings that God is worthy of worship and our feelings are not. And I'm not saying to totally disregard your feelings and live in some delusion. Like I said earlier, our feelings have purpose and meaning. But I am saying that our feelings do not get to decide who God is, and they don't get to decide whether or not He is worthy to be worshipped. I can tell you from experience, there are some Sundays when I wake up and I don't want to come to church. There are some Sundays when I walk up here and plug in my guitar, and I don't want to do it. I'm feeling anxiety, I'm feeling depressed, I'm feeling stressed. It would just be easier if I stayed home, didn't have to talk to anyone, didn't have to see anyone. But I can say this with extreme confidence, that when I have pushed through those feelings and done it anyway, I have never, ever, ever regretted it. I have never done it and said, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But it has, in fact, helped me. Rather than than giving into the feelings how I felt that morning, Set your feelings down, put them in check, and say, God is still worthy to be worshipped. Perhaps you wake up on a Sunday morning or any morning, you don't feel like praying, you don't feel like reading your Bible, you don't feel like worshipping, but you push through it and you do it anyway. Can you agree that you have come out on the other side of that, truly blessed? Maybe it wasn't an immediate change, but... It definitely was not a waste of time for you to push through those and worship Him in any way. And if we read in verse 6, we can see why that is important. It says, My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you. Notice he doesn't say, My soul is downcast, therefore I sit there and let it have its way. My soul is downcast, therefore I just sit there and, and, and wallow in it. He acknowledges that he is suffering and he needs to fix his gaze on something outside of himself because inside of himself is where the issue is. 
It is not God that is the issue. It is the inside of ourself. He remembers God. He remembers what God has done in the past. And he remembers what God will do in the future. He preaches to himself that he will again praise him. Right now he can't because he is downcast. But he is taking that downcast soul and he is not letting that downcast soul take the driver's seat. We must preach to ourselves the truth that God has given us. When everything inside of you says to give up, whenever everything inside of you says, I am tired, I am weak, I cannot do this, push through and tell yourselves the promises that God gives us because God is worth it. It's a battle between our feelings and what the truth is. The psalmist does not ask his soul to hope in God, does he? What does he do? He tells his soul to hope in God. It's not easy fighting against our feelings, is it? It's, it feels weird. It feels unnatural. I think about sawing through a tree, not with a chainsaw, but the old school handsaw. You're sawing through, and it's extremely difficult. Just keep going, keep working, keep pushing towards God, keep longing for His presence, telling yourselves His promises. Progress is being made in that. And the Lord supplies us the strength through those times where we feel like we can't go on. I can think back to the darkest times of my life when I saw no way out. When I literally thought I was not going to make it, I would lay awake at night and just weep and weep and weep over this downcast soul that I had. And I can look back on that time now and know that God was there and He sustained me. And although at the time it didn't feel like it, He was there. See, this hurricane, when it came through pretty much Tuesday afternoon to Friday morning, it veiled the sun, but it did not get rid of it, right? The sun was still there, but this darkness and this, and this storm was, was veiling it. And my son has these nightmares. I've shared this with you guys before. He has these nightmares where he wakes up and he's so terrified. He's shaking and crying. It's as if he's alone. He feels like he's alone because this nightmare and this fear inside of him is so intense. But I'm right there with him. Me and his mom are right there with him. Sometimes he does not feel like it, but we are right there with him. Although this fear is so intense inside of him, we are right there with him. And there's a, a hymn called The Solid Rock. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. Do you feel downcast? Do you feel hopeless? Do you feel all alone and afraid? Preach to yourself what God has promised you in his word. We are to take every thought captive. God promises to never leave us or forsake us. God promises that our suffering is only temporary, like Tommy's been talking about in Romans. God shows us that he is sovereign and in control. 
God shows us that we are saved by grace through faith. That way nobody may boast. God shows us that Christ paid the ultimate price once and for all. God shows us that Christ has risen from the dead and defeated every sin and secured for us an eternal hope. God promises us that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. And God shows us that He does care. Your trials are not your own. They can be lifted at Calvary. Do you ever wonder if God cares about you? Little old you, by yourself in your room in the middle of the night, weeping when everyone else is sound asleep, crying in agony and pain, and nobody else knows it. Do you ever wonder, God, do you even care? And the psalmist is real here where he says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Does it feel sometimes like God has forgotten you? When you're awake by yourself, just crying and weeping in pain and suffering, does it feel like God has forgotten you? He did not send his son to die for you just to leave you alone and broken. He promises to restore us. If you feel downcast today and you feel like God does not care and you feel like you have to try so hard just to feel right with Him, remember this, that all of the work that God has done from Genesis to Revelation, all of this redeeming work that He has done, He did not do all of that just to say, okay, Kyle, I'm going to sit you down here. I've done all this work. Now it's up to you to keep it. He picks you up and holds you and says, you are mine and there is nothing that can take you away from me. Not your sorrow, not your sin, not your pain, not your feelings. But you are mine forever and I will carry you to the end. I will carry you to eternity. And I want to look, close this out with, if you've not heard anything else I've said today, Listen to what I'm saying here, and that we can see Christ in Psalm 42. This psalm is pointing towards the finished work of Jesus Christ. See, the psalmist is separated from the dwelling place of God, and he's longing as a deer pants for water to return to it. He wants that more than anything else. He doesn't want to be delivered from his circumstances, he wants to be in a fellowship with God. He wants to be in the divine presence of God again. Christ has gained us open access to the Father only through Him. Where we don't have to go through what this psalmist went through. We don't have to go through traveling miles and miles to the temple just to experience God's presence, just to be in fellowship with God. Through Christ, we can now have an open relationship with the Father. The veil was torn our sin separated us from Christ. We were by nature children of wrath. We were rightly under the wrath of God. We were dead in our sins and our trespasses. 
we were unable to save ourselves. We were rejecting God openly in our unrighteousness. And God sent his perfect son to take on human flesh. Christ came to earth and he condescended fully God and fully man. He lived the perfect and sinless life. He obeyed the law perfectly where we failed it perfectly. He was beaten and he was crucified, hung on a criminal's cross, displayed for the world to see, and he died on our behalf. He drank the cup of God's wrath so we didn't have to. He suffered the wrath of God for his people. He suffered the wrath of God for his people who deserved it. He died on that cross and he was buried, and three days later he rose again and sealing our victory. He is now ascended at the right hand of the Father and has given us the Holy Spirit, which is the guarantee of our inheritance as his beloved children. So if you're feeling downcast today, guys, if there are waves after waves crashing over you, may we still be able to say it is well with our souls. If nothing else, if these sorrows don't go away while we still live, when we die and go to heaven, they will definitely be gone. Tommy said it a few weeks ago. I, um, I think the doctor said it to Sarah. But there will always be one more deliverance. Sorrow after sorrow, whatever it is, when we pass from this life to the next, there will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. Though sickness and pain and though our trials and anxiety and depression is so hard and weighty and it just bogs us down and it feels like we are being beaten day after day, it is only temporary. God cares about you so much that he sent his son to die for you. You can be his. You can have the gift of eternal life if you just repent and believe in the name of Jesus Christ. If you've heard nothing else I've said today, know that. You're not alone. There's others who suffer with you. And most of all, we have a Savior who suffered as well. Suffered an unimaginable beat, beat down and crucifixion that he did not deserve. He was perfect in every way. But he did that for us. He did that for you. You can be redeemed and have the gift of eternal life. And we will not have any more suffering. We will not have any more pain. And I want to leave that with you today. That I know it is hard. I know our souls oftentimes are disquieted within us. Because of our trials. Our very being is broken. But we have a Savior who can sympathize with us. And we have a Savior that will restore us. Pray that we can fix our eyes on Christ when we go through these things. We can, I pray that, Lord, I pray that you are our vision, Lord. I pray that you are in our sight all the time, Father. May you train our hearts to deny what we feel, to deny, to deny what is so overwhelming inside of us, Lord. May we take those feelings, may we take those thoughts captive, and may we surrender them to you. And may we stand firmly on your unchanging grace. 
May we stand firmly on who you are, Lord. May we stand firmly on your word and your promises, Father. You do not just give us this book just to read, but you give us this book as a light. May your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, Father. I pray for anyone in here who does not know you, Lord. I pray, Father, I pray that you just open their eyes, have mercy on them, Father. Open their eyes to their need of a Savior, Lord. Show them that you are a gracious, merciful Father. We can pass from death to life, Lord. Thank you for that. Thank you for your Son. Thank you for his perfect life, death, and resurrection, Father. And thank you for your Holy Spirit that is our guarantee that we have an inheritance waiting for us, Lord. Lord, I pray in our trials, I pray that during our trials, Father, I pray that we want you above all other things, Lord. We don't just want deliverance, but we want you and you alone, Lord, because you are the only one that can help us, Father. It's in your precious name I pray. Amen. So we're going to have a prayer team in the back, and I strongly encourage you, whatever you're carrying in here today, you can lay down at the feet of Jesus. There's a prayer team in the back that would love to pray with you. As Vitaly sings this song, I just pray that you can be encouraged today, that you're not alone. You have a Savior who cares, and we are his redeemed children, and our suffering is only temporary. Amen. You can join me as we sing Be Thou My Vision. And Kyle asked me to sing this song. I was so glad. It has been my favorite hymn for probably over 25 years now. It may sound slightly different to you guys, but, you know, we're a good bunch. We can sing real well. So join me as we sing Be Thou My Vision.
That is good. Wow. Um, thank you, Vitaly. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Becky. I hope you're as encouraged as I am this morning. Um, man, you may feel like some people in your life, you may feel that, man, they're too far gone. They don't want the truth. They don't. God is never done working. Um, don't let that feeling discourage you from sharing Christ, sharing the hope that he's given us. Um, in a minute, we're going to read a charge that we remind ourselves with to go out and be the church in our community, to be a witness for Jesus. You never know who is starving for the truth, for hope. Um, so before we read that charge, we have some announcements, and then we'll be on our way next not next Sunday, but this month, uh, there are five Sundays in the month of October. So anytime there are five Sundays in a month, we have a special service on that fifth Sunday where we gather um, either in the cafeteria or outdoors. We'll probably be outdoors with the weather being so nice. Um, all the kids will be with us. It's a family-style worship service. We'll have a meal afterwards. And back by popular demand is the chili cook-off. All right, yeah, yeah, so bring your best chili. We'll have some judges to decide who the winner is. Tommy thought it was rigged last time because he lost. Um, so he's back for a vengeance on this fifth Sunday. So it's going to be a great time. You can sign up. If you scan that QR code, check out our website or the church app. You can sign up to bring a pot of chili or some sides if you um, don't want your chili to be judged. So... Uh, our next announcement is our supply. Um, we give supplies every first Sunday of the month. Obviously, last week we didn't meet in person. So if uh, you have some supplies you wanted to give, you can bring those to our church office throughout the week, whether it's Tuesday through Friday. But also, we now have an Amazon shop list for uh, the supplies that they'll need. Um, I believe we have a link to that in our website. Is that correct? It'll get there. I'm sorry. Maybe I got ahead. We will have an Amazon shop list. If you, you can go in there and order, we'll let you know when it's ready. I'm sorry, Megan. I, I got ahead of myself. Um, also, tonight and every Sunday night, we have student ministry, like Tommy mentioned, at Emmanuel Presbyterian Church. This is still led by Grace Life and our student ministry team. They're uh, simply hosting us out of just sheer kindness and grace, and the Lord has answered prayers to give us a space to gather. So if you are in 6th through 12th grade, please join us. 6 to 8 p.m., we have a Bible study. We play some games. It's a blast. It's an awesome time. Bring your friends. Invite some people to join you. Also, is that the last one? Oh, for fifth Sunday, we always have uh, a time of baptism and introducing new members. So if you are here at Grace Life and you're, you're wondering what is next, whether that's wanting to get baptized and publicly profess your faith in Jesus, or if that's taking that next step and joining through church membership, you can reach out to myself, to Tommy, Diane, email any of us, or scan this QR code, go to our church app and our website, you can sign up to get more information of how you can do those things. And we would love to connect with you and let you know how you can do that. All right, so we will stand together and read this charge. Yes, this week, Tuesday, the 11th, we have a women's gathering. 
And on Thursday, we have a men's gathering. The men's is at Tommy's house. Location for women's, do we know? The Roth's house, that's right. You can get those addresses on our website as well. Thank you for the reminder. Men's and women's gatherings. It's an incredible opportunity to gather with people who may not be in your community group or discipleship group. All right, let's read this uh, charge together, and then we'll be dismissed. I am a witness. I've been called to minister to my neighborhood in both word and deed. God has given me his word to equip me, his spirit to empower me, and his love to motivate me. I pledge my life for the gospel. You have been sent.